And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast on The Athletic. Nice pass, Jokic! That's in my house. And I told him, listen, if you see me around Denver, Colorado, anywhere, it's all about the Nuggets right now. Rainbow. The Rainbow. The NBA regular season is back. So are we. It's Dave DeForest, Kendra Andrews, Rainbow Skyline Podcast. Uh, Kendra, all right, listen, the Nuggets lost. But, you know, as someone watching the game, now I'm not rooting for anybody. I don't really care. Every, but every team could lose. It's fine with me. Um, but it's more interesting to us if the Nuggets are good. But this is one of the rare instances where the Nuggets losing in this way is probably more fun for us to talk about <laughs> than if they had just blown them out. Uh, because I thought this, you know, this game was really interesting. It, it was, you know, the Nuggets didn't look their sharpest for the for most of the game, but there were moments where I thought they were really locked in and the Kings look like they are going to be a lot of fun this year. Um, l- let's just start right off the top. What are your, some of your quick takeaways? L- l- just give me the first thing off the top of your head. I mean, the first thing that pops into my head was Michael Porter Jr., quite honestly. You know, he got that starting spot over Will Barton. That was a big conversation heading into the regular season, who was going to be starting at the three. And Michael Porter did really well. You know, he finished with 24 points. And he looked, I mean, there's still work for him to to do, but he looked really comfortable out there. You know, he's still finding his spots when playing next to Jokic and Jamal Murray. But for the most part, he looked good. That block down the stretch. I mean, that's the defense that we want to Wait, see. Wait, three him. blocks. <laughs> he had three yeah. blocks and a couple of steals. And two steals, and, and yeah. Now, look, you, you can't get too crazy about counting stats, especially defensively. And, and he had some lapses. But he's competing hard. And, and I, I think that that's – that's going to be a large part of the battle for him. But we talked about this in the bubble. Effort is not an issue. And he can get himself to a lot of places that other guys can't. like Because he doesn't have great defensive feel. But the effort combined with how athletic he is, is going to allow him to create a lot of opportunities, like blocking that three-pointer. Absolutely. I mean, that was my first game in person since March. And I it's different when you see it in person than on TV, but I forgot how long Michael Porter Jr. is. There was one play where he reached out to try and, you know, get in someone's face when they were shooting. And I was like, wow, his arms and his, just his whole frame is super long. His shooting form is so pure. You kind of just shake your head every time he, he releases it. Cause you're like, that's a pretty picture. Perfect shot. Um, so to have him come out that way in that first game, especially when there were some other issues and some other players weren't playing as well. I think that that's really important. You know, when you're, when Jamal Murray is struggling as he did last night to have Michael Porter Jr. Step up in that way, 
you know, the Nuggets could have won that game of some untimely and unfortunate things didn't happen down the stretch. Some calls weren't made, some blocks weren't made by the Kings. So I think that Michael Porter should feel really, really good about how he played because he did pick up the slack for some other guys who, who were struggling, which he needs to do. Yeah. Uh, first thing that comes to mind for me, uh, outside of Michael Porter, who I thought was fantastic, uh, Jamal Murray, yeah. one of nine, nine points. And this is one of the things that you and I have talked about leading up to the season is how much of the bubble Murray is real. And and we talked about it during the playoffs, just the the switch that he's able to flip for the playoffs. Like, that's real. Bubble or not, we saw it, you know, in their in their previous run where they came up short of a Western Conference Finals berth. We saw it in the bubble. Uh, we need to see that in the regular season. And now look, it's it's one game. I'm not I'm not uh you know writing him off at this point. Um not until the next segment, then I'll write him <laughs> off. But um but but I do think that it's important for him early on to come out and establish himself as that Jamal Murray because the Nuggets need it. They they're not gonna they're not gonna have the defense. And I don't think their defense is gonna be as bad as as maybe I've fear-mongered everyone into believing uh, without Jeremy Grant. Um, but it's not going to be great. And so they need Jamal Murray to be great, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk about timing. or Before the game, I, we published a story that I wrote about just what you were saying, how Jamal Murray is now looking to carry over that bubble performance. He wants to be an all-star, at least be in the conversation. And what he needs to do... To, to be in that conversation is show up every night. You know, Michael Malone has said countless times he needs to do it for 72 games. Now what he did in the bubble, not 50 points per game, but you know, 20 would be nice ish. Um, 50 and, would be nicer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, g- getting off to good starts and consistency has always been Jamal Murray's Achilles heel. And in the bubble, that was it was almost like, okay, shut up, everyone. He can be consistent. So, yes, don't write him off because it was the first game. You know, they played so well in the preseason, especially those two games against Portland. It was kind of like, okay, they play super well, super well, fumble it a little bit, let's recenter and get back on track. However, it is a little discouraging that in the season opener, your star point guard only scored nine points and all but two of those points came from the free throw line. Um, it's good that he got to the line, but um, if he, the Nuggets will not win. Yes, but if that happens, especially like you said, if they're all in on offense this season, their guards need to produce. And not only did Jamal Murray not produce, Monte Morris was one of six. PJ Dozier was three of five. Facundo Campazzo was one of one. Like You just need more. Gary Harris, four of nine. Um, you need those guys who can score the ball to score the ball. We'll be back with more Rainbow Skyline after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Will Barton back. And, you know, uh, it's so hard to explain to people that don't watch every Nuggets game how important Barton is to what they do all year long and and how much he was missed in the bubble. I mean, (laughs) we thought he was going to come back like the whole time. And, and, you know, Gary Harris came back, but Barton never did. It might be a different Western Conference Finals. Likely doesn't change the, uh, the ultimate outcome, but maybe they push another game because they have Barton. I thought his playmaking really showed up for them last night. He had a nice lob to to Hartenstein that just they did they just weren't getting that last year and, and uh, in the bubble and, and having Barton there is a guy you can play with Murray, you can play him with Monte Morris, you can play him with Compazzo, and he is he is such a great secondary or tertiary playmaker that he really elevates the entire team. So he looked great i thought i mean yeah he looked fantastic any time i've asked multiple nuggets players what did you miss about will barton in the bubble and they said exactly what you said his playmaking ability that is so huge you know jamal murray has said he likes to play off the ball a little bit more he likes to not be the one to set up the plays and having him play alongside will barton allows him to do that and will can play the one the two the three his versatility is so important for this team and honestly like i I like him in that second unit because especially this season, because when you have so many new guys, when you look at the the bench unit, really the only three, the only two guys that played last year were Monte Morris and Will Barton. PJ Dozier popped in and out here and there. So when you have a completely new bench unit, having a guy like Will Barton anchor that, take control of that second unit but still be able to bridge the gap between the starters and the bench. I think that's so important. And I think, I mean, that's exactly what he did last night. And I think that that was honestly a really smart move by Michael Malone to bring him off as a sixth man. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that he, you know, I read the comments last week. I hope that that's not a real thing uh, because in the NBA, look, he played 33 minutes last night. Those mm-hmm. are starters minutes. I, I don't care whether your your name is announced in the starting lineup. I, I hope that as a veteran, he realizes the importance of him accepting that role and, and looking at guys who have done it in the past who were way better players. Andre Iguodala was an all-star when mm-hmm. the Warriors brought him off the bench. Sometimes it just puts your team in a better position to succeed. And honestly, closing games is the more important thing. And I think Barton is going to close games for them. I mean, I I literally said that exact same thing last night when I was having a conversation with them. I said, I think that Malone has so much trust in Barton to close out those games. And yeah, I mean, he's going to be playing consistently, I think, you know, 25 to 30 minutes a night. I think that that's what we're going to see the entire season. So, yeah, I mean, and the guy, the guy who's in his spot, Michael Porter Jr., playing him with your starting unit is going to allow him to develop faster Mm -hmm. rather than having him be like the lead dog off the bench. He's not ready for that yet. Will Barton is. And so, you know, I I think it's going to work out, uh, you know, Denver, they all seem to be pretty connected. So hopefully it it is good, um, but definitely something that we should watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, one final quick takeaway from this game, my Nikola Jokic 
dark horse MVP candidacy. I don't think it's a dark horse anymore. He put up 29, 14 assists, 15 rebounds in game one, 42 minutes, by the way, and he looks fantastic. He looks in as good a shape as he was in in the bubble, and it feels like he's getting a head start on the season rather than last year where it was like the first three months really rounding himself, rounding (laughs) himself into shape. And so I think that that's a huge difference maker for the Nuggets. Now, I mean, they they lose a game. Everybody loses in the NBA to every other team. It, it, let's not, you know, go crazy over one game. Um, but Jokic, they have got to be really pumped about Jokic physically. I mean, yeah. And and by the way, he had that triple double halfway through the third quarter. He he did that in twenty yeah. minutes. So I think that it's. I mean, yes, he. I mean, he was doing sprints before the game. You know, he was sprinting along the the side of the court. He and he was sprinting in games. He was actually pushing the pace, which a year ago you never would have thought you would see ever. I mean, I feel like he is actually one of the guys who may have benefited from the short offseason. I think that he is a guy who he just needs two months of rest because he was in such good shape off of that five-month hiatus heading into the bubble. And I said this like last week, I think, on this podcast. Go gets married, hangs out a little bit, right back in the gym two weeks later. And I honestly, that might be what he needs. Well, and there's another thing with him too, because I thought that he was more aggressive than normal. I mean, he, he led the, the team in shots, took 18 shots. And I think 18 to 20 is where he needs to be in every game this year. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is the sweet spot for him. Uh, I still don't like that he waits until the second, like that he waited until the second half to turn it up. Uh, but with that being said, I, I get why he does it. His whole thing is he needs to get everybody else going because he trusts himself to be able to get himself going when he needs to. So I completely understand that. Uh, but I thought Jokic looked great. So like that is, to, that's probably the brightest spot to me is how good Jokic looks. Everything else is just extra. Millsap looked okay. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of bursts, but you know, gave him 16 points. That's a big deal. So uh, overall, I, I thought the performance itself w- was completely fine. You, of course, if you're Denver, you want to win that game. But to lose on that, you know, hey, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. I I don't think they were really happy, but I think they understood. It was the ending of that game was crazy. Like there was a lot of things that went down. (laughs) Well, there were multiple shots blocked. There were Harrison Barnes making plays. It was, Uh, yeah. Buddy healed with a dunk miss tip in. Right. Some unfortunate foul calls, tip ins, blocks. Steals. The one missed foul call because Jokic got fouled, I thought. Um, but with that being said, end of game, you can't expect that call. You've got to be able to make that play. I, I will criticize Jokic a little bit. Um, was it a great pass? No. But, you know, you're you're seven feet tall. you got to make that play and, and at least protect the ball. You can't let him get the run out dunk on that, even though he missed. Um, but, yeah, I thought overall pretty good performance. Hmm. All right, now that we've gotten our rational <laughs> takeaways, uh, let's talk about irrational takeaways. Because one of the more fun things to do, you know, when I'm talking to guys, you know, that I just talk about basketball with is is kind of having a hot take when you don't have nearly a large enough sample size. Right. Um, it, and it's amazing how awful those takes are going to look in about a week. Uh, but if, if I had – I'll start on this. If I had one irrational takeaway from this, 
It's that P.J. Dozier is going to be better for this team than Torrey Craig was last year. Wow. And, and, and I'm saying that after one regular season game. But I think that he gives them more of a, a dynamic offensive player than Torrey Craig. I like how aggressive he is when he gets the ball and he's looking to make stuff happen. Is he going to shoot? Well, I doubt it. Does he have to? Not at all. But his defense is solid, and I do think having a guy off the bench who can be a solid defender, maybe he's not as good as Torrey Craig defensively, but I think he's going to be better offensively, and they did not have that guy. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's such an irrational statement to make, honestly. It's, I mean, it's, it's out there and it might make some people say, huh, but I mean, I think you do have a point. I think that he is a a bigger two-way player. You know, they brought Tory Craig in to be that, another one of those defensive stoppers. Um, No, they will not do that with PJ Dozier, but I think that he can give them a more like you said, just all around, maybe a little bit more consistent game. PJ Dozier is a good defender, you know, and I think that we're going to see that develop even more. And we didn't really get a taste of that. You know, he played in maybe two regular season games and then did get some running time in the bubble during the playoffs, but we didn't really get to see a big sample of what he actually does. But PJ Dozier is another guy whose length is insane. He's a super long guy. He's quick hands. He has good instincts. So is he going to be the, the stopper that Tory Craig was? No, but like you said, he's going to give you way more on offense um, while also giving defense. So you're going to get a way bigger two-way player. And if you're leaning into offense this season, it's not bad to have a two-way player like PJ Dozier who can contribute to the offense. He's not going to blow those offensive plays and schemes and and I'm not saying that Tory Craig did that, but I'm, he will be able to finish. A little You're bit not, not saying that he did that. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw any shade anywhere, you know, <laughs> trying to be pleasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I so I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a flaming. I was preparing some like flaming overreactions. <laughs> Good. I'm ready for it. Give me your flaming overreaction from from game one. Well, my flaming overreaction was really just about the guards and and the guards play. And if you walk away from one game, you're going to say, you know, I, I, I think that. I, I think that even though that Gary Harris kind of led the guards last night, I think that he's going to, con- I don't have a ton of confidence that he's going to regain that shooting form. Um, that we've seen regress over the past several years. And I wonder what that means for his position in this team. His lineup is Will Barton, the way that he's playing. I know we just talked about how great he's off the bench. Is he going to take Gary Harris's starting lineup? What does that mean? Are there other guys on the team that could take that away from him? Well, you know, we talked about the, the emphasis on creating more threes, in particular corner threes. I think they're going to be patient with Gary Harris because they have to know that their defense really depends on on him in particular. You know, they just don't have anyone that they can put on the ball that can do the things that he does. And so I, I wonder, you know, how patient they'll be. I, I think they're going to be more patient than most other uh real finals contenders would be in this situation. While Barton would definitely raise their ceiling for the offensive end of the court 
Gary's just so important on the defensive end. And you can li- honestly, you can live with Gary Harris taking shots and missing them. You can't live with him being hesitant to shoot. And thus far, he's been, you know, he's not been hesitant. And I think that that's important. So hopefully he shoots his way out of it and they don't have to make that decision because their defense needs him. I don't know how how they're going to defend at all with a Murray, Barton, Porter, Millsap, Jokic lineup. They could score, you know, they could have a 150 offensive rating, but they're probably going to give up 148. So it's not going to be great if uh, if they don't sort that out. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Christmas Day tomorrow. Got the game against the Clippers. Rematch of the 3-1 comeback series victory from the bubble. Um, what do you what are you expecting? You feel like they're gonna have a lot of emotions on both sides here? Because that that series was really, really close. I think that the Clippers have more feelings about that playoff series, I'll just say, than the Nuggets. I mean, I think the Nuggets um are they're I mean, I, I don't think I know that they're extremely proud of what they accomplished. And maybe I'm reading too much into things that people say, but there are members of the Clippers who have made comments during the preseason and, and training camp and stuff like that, that they still feel that they shouldn't have lost that. They still feel that they're a better team than the Nuggets. So I think that the Clippers are coming into this game. And again, I have no insider knowledge. I don't talk to, I haven't talked to anyone on the Clippers. I'm just speculating this part of it, but I think that the Clippers are coming into this with this chip on their shoulder. We need to prove that we are the better team because we truly believe that. I think the Nuggets know that. And so their motivation or kind of extra oomph is off of the reaction of the Clippers reaction that we're the better team. And the Nuggets are like, no, like we, we beat you and we beat you because we are better. Um, So get over yourself kind of. I, and so I think that there's a lot of those kinds of things. And I mean, but the game is going to be interesting because it's still so early in the season. It's hard. It's, I can't, I'm not going to say, well, well it's all basically just- the bubble, <laughs> right. right? Like it's, it's game eight of the series, but, but the Clippers were able to add Serge Ibaka <laughs> right. and you know, it's so, it's like two and a half months or something different. Right. So I, I'm with you. I, I think that the, there's no way that the Nuggets haven't seen what Paul George had to say after that series. There's no way that their video crew didn't put together clips of, uh, you know, interspersed in their, in their scout footage of Paul George uh, running his mouth. I'm, I'm really curious after how the Clippers came out in game one against the Lakers. Clearly they wanted to punch the Lakers in the mouth. (laughs) Lakers fought back and then, and then, you know, obviously they lost the game, but I wonder if they're going to come out the same way against the Nuggets, try to shut them down early and then I want to see how the Nuggets respond to that because defensively they're going to struggle. Totally. I mean, I definitely, I, I, this is going to be, I think the biggest barometer for the Nuggets 
so far. And we were early in the season, but still, you know, they they played the Golden State Warriors game one. That was, a, you know, it was a fine game. I mean, the Warriors are still finding themselves. The Nuggets were still finding themselves. Then they dominate Portland two times and the Trailblazers did not make them sweat. Then they had this freak game against the Kings last night. But I think that this is going to be a real test of the Nuggets defense because you are going to have to find a way to slow down Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and test themselves without Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig, who played huge roles in somewhat containing them in the bubble. And it's, it's going to be a test for how do they match up early in these games against other contending teams? Because these early games in this shortened season, these early games really do matter. Um, and yeah, the Clippers just came out guns a blazing against the Lakers and the Nuggets have said, well, they want to play with urgency from the tip. And so this is going to be a really good, um, just a game for them to see if they can match whatever energy the Clippers come out with early, maybe even exceed it and not have to fight back from being down, which they had to do a lot in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think Jokic is going for 40. There you go. Yep. I think Jokic is going for 40. Uh, either that or Jamal is going for 40. Somebody's going for 40 in this game <laughs> <laughs> for the Nuggets. Um, but I, I think, you know, Jokic was so good against the Clippers, and I don't know that they have an answer for that. Uh, Zubac I, I did okay, but Jokic is just, you know, a much better player. We'll see how much Ibaka guards him. I, I think that Ibaka – is going to be a little overmatched if they try to put him on on Jokic exclusively. Uh, Jokic is just too big, you know. He's such a tough guard for guys like Ibaka, who's extremely strong, but just I don't know. Jokic, he's there's something about the way he's built, and he's able to move just about everybody. And so uh, Zubac is a little bit of a better matchup, just a little bit more stout. Um, but I think Jokic is going to have another killer game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another triple-double. Part of that is just either. out of necessity. We know he's going to touch the ball. We know he needs to score. Uh, and other guys are going to get open off of that. And, you know, he's got a bunch of guys who aren't scared to shoot. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, are we, wait, are we making a prediction here? Oh, okay. <laughs> Nuggets by 10. Nuggets okay. by 10. I feel I feel confident that the Nuggets are going to come back strong. I'll give them I'll give them by eight. Okay, but I'm confident All right. the and Nuggets. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the Tony Jones thing, and uh, I don't know if it's ten. You you owe me a steak dinner. Actually, you owe Tony Jones a steak dinner <laughs> oh, so he man. can give it to someone else. That's that's how we're doing it on the on the uh, game notes. Uh, that's going to do it for the Rainbow Skyline this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Go and check out Kendra over at The Athletic. She has a great game story from last night's game. Lots of good information. Always worth checking out. Go to theathletic.com slash rainbow skyline. Buy one, gift one. If this episode is out the day before Christmas, which it should be, buy your dad a subscription to The Athletic. Really, you're buying it for yourself. Don't tell him that. Make him think you bought it just for him. Go to theathletic.com slash Raybone Skyline. Buy one, gift one. Get it before Christmas so you don't look like a bum. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>